Hello, Atlanta Fringe Audio listeners. Welcome to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's The Inevitable Hour, a special podcast featuring highlights from our past year. Live from Victory Gardens Theater in Chicago, you're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium. We're your hosts, Herzovi and Green. Sharing their talents with us again are our very own wenches of word wizardry. Miss Kitten. And Joy Thorbjornson Coates. And also with us, associate artist Eric Hetman. Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium is here to give voice to emerging artists, emerging playwrights, poets, storytellers, and musicians. And to start us off, Exit 34 by Jay Weintraub. I'm getting off at the next exit. I don't think that's a good idea. I'm tired. I've got to stop somewhere. We haven't seen a single service station or rest stop along the highway for I don't know how long. I'm getting off at the next exit. That's not a good idea. Why do you keep saying that? Because we're in the middle of nowhere, and we're sure to be a lot worse off on some two-lane backcountry road than we are right here. Or this is a major highway. There's bound to be a diner or gas station somewhere nearby. As soon as we get off... Open this light? Even if we find one, which I doubt, will it even be open? Or a motel. At this point, I'd even be willing to stay overnight at a motel. I'm so damn tired. Sure. The Norman Bates hideaway. Here we come. <laughs> Look, I'm very tired. And we've got to go how much longer till we get to... I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. What kind of navigator are you anyway? You sure there's no more coffee? I'm sure there's no more coffee. We'll fill up the thermos at the next stop. There's bound to be a service plaza along here somewhere. Where? Have you seen any? But what's that up there? That's an exit, isn't it? I don't think so. I haven't seen any signs, and it's so small, like one of those runaway truck roads. Look, there's a guy pulling into the highway just ahead, so that's got to be an exit right afterwards. See, there's a sign. I'm getting off. Watch it. Give the guy room. He wants to merge. I'm giving him room, but I need that lane, too. Then speed up. Uh, he's speeding up, too. He's not letting me in. Watch it. Get to... Damn it. We missed it. Did you catch the name? What name? The name of the exit! Oh, it was something something Farmer's Road. Did you get the number? The number? The number of the exit? I don't know. I think it was 34. 34? That was the one before, wasn't it? No. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. 34? Maybe that, uh, this one was 35, then. I don't know what's the difference. I told you, the exit numbers are all on the map, so once we find them on the map, we'll know where we are and how far we still have to drive. And I told you I couldn't find them. 34, 33, 35, whatever. None of them are on these stupid maps. You don't know where to look. Of course I know where to look. You just can't depend on these damn Google Maps. I told you to rent a car with GPS. I don't like those things. And they're not worth the extra cost in my book. Print maps are very reliable. Right. So long as you can pinpoint where you are on them, 
You are here. You are here. Print maps never tell you that. Once we stop, I'll take a look at them, see where we are. But first, I've got to close my eyes for just a minute. I, I, then get a cup of coffee, maybe a bite to eat. A little more sugar in my blood wouldn't hurt. There's sure to be something up ahead. If you could only find exit 34 or 35 on the map. I told you I can't. Besides, we might be off the map. What do you mean off the map? How could we be off the map? I printed out Route 98 almost end to end. Page, one page after the other. One page right after the other and all out of order. You didn't paginate them, did you? Maybe you should just pull over. Not here. There's hardly any shoulder at all. Just sheer rock and steep drops, and it's, it's too damn dark anyway. Oh, it's much too dangerous. There's sure to be something somewhere to stop up ahead. As long as we're on 98, everything should be just fine. It's just that... What? It's just that I'm not so sure we're still on 98. <laughs> How could that be? We've hardly ever been out of the middle lane, and we certainly haven't gone off on any side roads. But don't you remember that, that two-lane turnoff I pointed out? I'm pretty sure it was just another exit, but still. What turnoff? A while back, when the sun was going down, just before it turned dark. Oh, yeah, I remember. The sun was right in my eyes. I, I couldn't read the sign, but that was just another exit, right? We never got off the main highway. Unless that was the main highway. But that was hours ago. <laughs> Look for road markers, 98 West. I've been looking, but it's so damn dark and I'm getting tired too. Oh, just don't fall asleep. For God's sakes, don't fall asleep. Keep talking or try the radio. I don't think it works. It hasn't picked up anything but static, see? Nothing. It'd probably only be some country and western station anyway. Oh. Well, even Merle Hacker would be some company at this point. How's the gas? Oh, still half a tank. Wow. It seems like it's been half a tank for forever. Well, some of these new rental compacts get terrific mileage. I'll fill her up anyway as soon as we stop. Speaking of which, look at that sign up ahead. Where? I, I don't see any sign. There, up ahead. It's tough to see, but... That's an Exxon logo, isn't it? I can't see it. That truck's in the way. I'm sure it's for a service plaza somewhere up ahead. Don't pass the truck. Pull in behind it so I can see the sign. Damn it, he's slowing down. Why is he slowing I down? I said pull in behind him. I can't. There's someone coming up fast on my tail. I've got to speed up. I'll pull in front. Don't. I, I won't be able to see the... Damn. We passed it. I think... There was a country kitchen, too. I hate country kitchens. They make lousy coffee. And a Starbucks. I'm sure there was the green Starbucks logo, too. I didn't see anything. And a Starbucks, too. In the meantime, you're sure we there don't have any coffee left? How many times do I have to tell you? Yes, I'm sure. I took the last swallow myself. It was all grounds anyway. You should have left some of those grounds for me. You want me to stay up too, don't you? Mm. To help you keep awake? No more candy bars? No more candy bars. I'm just so tired. You know, I almost fell asleep back there. <laughs> <laughs> 
And was it? It's a good thing you were awake. Well, I'm pretty tired, too. I didn't get much sleep last night and none on the plane. I've almost nodded off myself a couple of times. Well, don't, because I... That, that last time, I think I did. Because I need you to keep me awake. I did. I must have nodded off, or, or, or almost, because I had one of those weird waking dreams, like a hallucination. The car must have been shaking a bit because I thought, because I dreamed I was back home in our cellar that, that time when the tornado came through and everything came crashing down on top of us. And then I woke up just as you were swerving off the road. Yeah, you swerved right off the road, didn't you? And I woke up just in time, didn't I? Or was that part of the dream, too? What are you talking about? You don't remember going off the road, do you? No. Well, I'm sure. I think I woke up just in time to stop you from driving completely off, even if it only was a dream. So don't regret me the last cup of coffee. <laughs> What's that up ahead? Where? I think it's an exit sign. I think you're right. I'm going to get off. I don't think that's such a good idea. Why do you keep saying that? Because we're in the middle of nowhere and we're sure to be a lot better off on some two-lane backcountry road than we are right here. But you saw that service plaza sign. Maybe it was telling us there's a Starbucks right off the exit, right here. I didn't see any sign. But you do see that sign up there. Tell me what it says. Oh, someone wants to pass. He's got his brights on, and that guy's merging up ahead. Get the name of the exit, and we'll, we'll get off. We'll find out where we are. Everything will be just fine. Okay, okay. The, the name of the exit is... The name of the exit is... Under construction, exit closed. There's another sign. Get the number. The number? The number of the exit! The number of the exit! I can't see it. There's a top over get most of it. Get the number! I, I think it's... It's exit 34. 34! That was the last one! No, it wasn't. I don't think so. Yes, it was. I'm sure of it. Well, then maybe this one was 35. 34? Or 35? I don't know. I don't know! Okay. We'll get this all straightened out at the next rest stop or the next service plaza. There's sure to be one right up ahead. That's what that Exxon sign was telling us, right? You saw the sign, didn't you? I didn't see any sign. <laughs> no more candy bars? No more candy bars. Try the radio. Cicada Killers, a song by Michael John Kelly, with a little help from his friends. If you're a cicada like me, you best beware. There's a monster flying round out. Oh boy. Cicada killers, the queens come 
to town. Oh, no. She's going to sting you, drag you It gets worse after that. Yes, it gets worse. Cause when she stings you, you're paralyzed and can't move. Duh. I can't move. For cicada, you've met your doom. You ain't leaving this dirty tomb. Cicada killer. Town. Oh no! Queen's gonna sting you, drag you underground. It's dark in here. Oh, the queen drops lava from my thorax, buries you alive. Something's itchy. Two days later, grubs are snacking on your eyes. Not my eyes. They start chewing on your flesh. Tastes like chicken. They love cicada. Eat your dinner. Especially when it's fresh. Cicada killers, they come to town. They're everywhere. Drag you underground. I can't even see what's eating me. When Death Knocks by Helen Valenta. out there, Grandfather, in the storm. Daisy isn't a real dog. You dreamed her. Are you sure? Yes. You're just tired. Oh, but she seems so real, as if I had her in another life. The eye of the storm is approaching. Don't open the door. I never did outgrow my fear of hurricane season. Stay away from the windows, Kate. It's not just because of the storm. He's out there, isn't he? Lurking. Dressed in his usual black outfit. You would think after all this time, Death would be more creative with his outerwear. I'll go out there. Tell him to leave. Well, you can't stop Death. But you know what? I'm not going to wait for him either. I'm going upstairs. Let him find me. This is the night. Don't be afraid. I'm ready. I'm tired of being afraid all the time.
Daisy. She's out there. It's just me, your old friend. I'm so confused. I, I thought I saw Daisy. There's no dog out there. So he knows. He is ready? Yes. He's expecting me. For some time. I like you're not afraid. The affair gets tedious. By which I mean to say, they must know I'm coming at some point. Why do they act so surprised? Oh, look. He was fine yesterday, and now he is stone-cold dead. Or the more obvious, in life, there is death. As if I didn't count for anything. As if life could exist without me. You're jealous. Why would I have such unseemly human qualities? To envy what you don't have. Such sad creatures you are, wasting time while I lurk in your garden. Unwanted, unbidden. Is anything wrong with you? Why do you ask? Do I seem lethargic, out of sorts, not focused on my job? You seem gloomier than usual. My suit is wrinkled, and I like to look nice. You do. Where are the warm muffins on the blue plate that were here yesterday? The plates were painted with willow trees bending so slightly. Such pretty things. Gone. Why, could you eat one? No. I just like the look and smell of them, kid. I'm not a child. Please don't be intimate with me. Oh, but I will be. I will hold you in the most intimate of embraces, and you may struggle, or you may give in, but you'll feel the full weight of me my passion, and I will take your breath away. I will have you in the end. So you see, either way, I will be your last lover. Stop it! Your hands are so cold. Then you give me no choice. I'm going to see your grandfather. No! Please, wait. What is it? What do you want from me? I like your company. I know what you're doing. I know you don't find me attractive. I do. Let me hold you. Let me touch you. What are you doing? I want to feel you. Your hands are... Your hands are too warm. I don't like this. I want to kiss you. No! Why? Because it's so full of life. I don't want it. Just for a minute? It's no use. Don't degrade yourself. It is degrading, isn't it? To want to feel something? To beg for the chance to feel alive, if only for one minute? Or not granted that, just a few seconds. Just a few seconds of life to sustain us for years. The way that just thinking about a person one loved carries us through the worst. It's time. It's inevitable. The end always comes. Then I'll come with you. Lead the way. Grandfather, how are you feeling? I don't want to die wearing my night clothes. Help me put on this shirt, will you? Yes. I want to be dressed for the occasion. I know he's here. Hello. How are you? I see my long-lost uncle. I'm happy to see you. You look good. And there's Max, my friend. How long has it been? Remember how we walked to school together as children, holding hands? There was nothing odd about it. 
I remember it as if it were yesterday. And Eve, you're the reason I've been anticipating this. I see you so clearly. You're so beautiful. Let him have a few more minutes. To be mortal. How I envy it. To lose something. What a gift. I'll give life that. I don't suffer. But how sweet it looks. How I envy your suffering. I know now. The storm, it was like this that night, the night Daisy died. Daisy was real, not imagined. I see it now. My, my grandfather was just trying to spare me the pain of recollection. Hurricane season. Like now, someone left the door unlocked. Was it me? Oh, I couldn't bear it if it were. It wasn't you. How do you know? I was there. Daisy got out. Yes. In the storm. How can I bear it? You will. It's time to go. All right. I'm ready. I don't need help. I can walk myself. But wait, please. What is it? He didn't say goodbye. That's how they like to do it, I've seen. Wait, I... I, I understand now. You... You killed Daisy. You... You left the door unlocked. You... You let her out in the storm. I had no choice. Why? She was sick. Don't you understand? No. I knew if I told you, you would no longer welcome me into your house. Sit with me like we have all these months. And you think I'll just leave now? Forget about you? You're deluded. I was just being nice for my grandfather's sake. I don't think so. I think you're attracted to me. I'm only 30. I like him young. Come with me. You won't have to suffer his absence. Do you think God thinks about us? Does he pity us? Why don't you ask him? Odd, isn't it? How absent he is and how present you are. I'm visible. He requires more. Are you on his side? I like to be mysterious. Maybe you'll write a poem about me. I won't say goodbye either. Then I'll just say until later. Night Swim by Trina Kukasik. So it's late summer, balmy night. I'm 17, I'm at the lake, my lake. There's a little bit of moon on her depending on the clouds. 
heat lightning in the distance, the smell of bonfires and the end of summer. The party was getting boring, so I coaxed Dave down to the water. I stripped down to my bikini, the white string one. We were lifeguards at the pool in town, Dave and I, and fast swimmers. He was wearing those cutoffs I liked. I said, come on, race you to the raft. I don't know. Dave was an Eagle Scout. I was the opposite. I'm already out past curfew. We can be there and back in less than 15 minutes. There are no underwater lights. We've got the moon and the houses. My lake is not going to hurt you. She wouldn't dare. She's my friend. The lake winked at me in the moonlight. But the fish, they bite your ankles. Once we get out past the drop-off, the bottom will be too far away. How deep is it again? She's 40 feet, so no fish, no weeds out past the drop-off. Is there really a train down there? That's what I hear. I'm swimming to the raft. You can be irresponsible and force me to swim in the dark without a buddy, or you can join me. And with that, I was under. Late at night, she seems thick, like ink. Her limbs relaxed and heavy. She sways like a hammock, keeping me suspended. The silence when I lie in her lap looking at the stars and the glow around the edges from the lights in town and on the road. Well, if there is a heaven, this might be it. But underwater, in the dark, gone is the earthy green of the day. At night, there is nothing. No sound, no noise, just your heart and the water in your ears. And even if you open your eyes underwater, she's opaque. Can't even see your hand in front of your face. You peer hard at the bottom, but it remains invisible, 40 or so feet below. I began to swim out. Dave, soon behind. White bikini, works every time. We enjoy the quiet swim to the raft and climb up. We play like the kids we are. Diving off the raft turns into king of the raft. Turns into other things that teenagers in white bikinis and cutoffs might do on a raft on a warm summer night. Ow! Mosquitoes are finding us. Holy crap, I am so grounded. We gotta go. Did it get darker? It had gotten darker and windier. Moon, stars now running along a treadmill of the clouds, which seemed to be moving very fast. And the lake, she looked dull and cranky. Crap. Don't worry, we can beat the storm back to the beach. Come on. We'll be swimming right into it. And what if lightning hits the water? We should stay with the raft. The raft is on the water. Crap, tornado siren. We'll swim east, there, it's closer. But it's all seaweed over there. Just swim through it, it won't bite you. And with a huge gust of wind, the raft had flipped over. Where are you? Shit, Dave! I ducked under, where it was calm, and opened my eyes. Bizarrely, I could see more than ever, especially when the lightning, which was now constant, flashed above us. It was like a fish tank. And there were fish. Far more of them than I ever thought were even in the lake. So many fish looking. 
The lightning flashed, and the lake gathered them quickly to her depths. Come on, old girl, help me out here. I could see the flipped raft, but I couldn't see Dave. Which way should I go? Damn. Tell me, tell me, tell me which way. Dave! Right, the waves should be going east. I'm going with them. Thank you, thank you. I knew you would help me, old girl. I went under again to look for Dave. As the storm got more insistent that I get to land, underwater felt safer than above it. But pretty soon I realized that the lightning wasn't gonna care if it hit the lake. So I decided Dave was a big guy and he would be fine. I swam with the waves, though they seemed to be confused about where they were going, diving under the surface for protection from the wind and the noise when I could. <coughs> Dave, oh shit, Dave. Oh my God, the raft, it was loose. Dave was caught up in the chains from the raft and he, he was out cold, dead weight, and twice as big and heavy as me. I untangled him. Oh God, he was East. I slung my arm over his chest and dragged him like he taught me in lifeguard school. I could just make out the shore probably eight minutes at this kind of pace. Dave, wake up and swim, Dave! Shit. Rain, but not really rain, more like a, a waterfall. I couldn't stay on my back to carry Dave without drowning us both. <coughs> I had to drag him by the hair like he taught me and, and go back under from time to time. No. anymore. Just let them come back on, please. Yeah, I was bargaining. For that last crack of lightning, took out every light in every house along the shore, as well as the lights in town and on the road. It was so dark, like a shit. East. The waves are still going east, right? Lady of my lake, you're gonna help me, right? No! No! <laughs> Dave was awake and he had panicked. He grabbed me around the neck and climbed on top of me, the rescuer's worst nightmare. I tried the escapes he taught me, but they didn't work. He was too big. Finally, I socked him in the ribs and he let go. Dave, stop, it's me, let, let, <coughs> let go. He grabbed me again. Another hit to the ribs, but I missed. He was too big, he had me. I couldn't, he was too big. We were under and we were sinking and... <gasps> Pinching. Pinching did the trick. I was free. I looked down to the bottom for him one more time. The lightning flashed and, and the bubbles rising from the depths rolled their eyes at me or were they crying? I couldn't tell. In the fight, I had lost my contact, so the rain and the dark and the 
just getting cold. That's one thing I'm not good at, being cold. I put my head down and sprinted. Every hundred strokes or so, I'd go under where it was calm. The lightning was gone, thunder was in the distance, but the rain and the wind, the dark, they were all around me. But she was with me, my lake, holding me up. I should be to shore by now, shouldn't I? Unless I'm swimming in circles. If I just keep going and going, pretty soon, ouch. Oh, huh, shit, the raft. Oh, I'm so cold, stupid raft. Keep, sw keep swimming. Is the shore yet? Let's just rest under the water. Okay, we're almost there, right? Is that seaweed up ahead? I wish the lightning would come back to light the way. It was getting hard to tell which was which. Up, under, both places seemed to be the same. I thought I saw Dave again. I reached for him, but I came up with a handful of weeds. I thought I saw lights overhead, flashing red, but they weren't for me. So cold. How did it get so cold? You're gonna make me mad like you're supposed to be fun. Handful of weeds, almost there, aren't we? After the storm, she laughed at me, teased me, and made me afraid of her. But I've forgiven her. It was that or leave her, which I'm never going to do. I love her. And I know she loves me. She takes care of me. Our first Christmas together, when her surface froze like glass, she let me watch the skaters and the ice fishermen. The ice, it was the biggest picture window I've ever seen. We played this game where I took the bait from their hooks. And on my birthday, she froze her eyes so thick that there was a skating party with a bonfire up above. It was beautiful the way the fire glowed on the surface. I swam up close and could feel how warm it was. I think I heard my mother. Oh, and yes, there is really a train down here. That's where we live. Next time you're standing in the water at night and you think it's a fish nibbling your ankle, it might be. On a Bar and Grill by Jim Gustafson. Have you ever been down south? I mean the Mississippi South. Where the roads ain't paved and there's real dark nights and animals freeze in your car headlights. They don't run, they just stand their ground till you smack them with that awful sound. 
If you ever find you're down that way, you better check out this small cafe. It's a place where I once stopped to dine, and now you're gonna hear this tale of mine. One, two, three, four. When a woodland creature crossing the street and speeding car eventually meet, you got the fixes for a swampland treat that's flat and fauna, good to eat. Goodbye, you spies at a deep-fried batter over anything, heck, it don't matter. To make what they saw, Swamp Gourmet served a culinary skill at the Flat Fauna Bar and Grill. I'll never forget that fateful night when I thought I'd stop for a drink and a bite. Sign said Swamp Cuisine piping hot as I pulled into the parking lot. A bearded giant, strong and heavy, knelt in front of a banged-up Chevy. Come on in, he said. Eat your fill. Then he pried some critter from his auto grill. One, two, three, four. Grab your chair and lock and load. Got our menu from the road. Set a spell and eat your fill. At the flattened fauna, bar and grill. Grab a table, lots of seating, these roadside critters, them's good eating, everything's fresh today, my man. And he tossed that carcass in the frying pan. Now the place was clean with a homey feel, so I figured I'd get a home-cooked meal. Mama, the owner, kept it neat here at the Flattened Fauna. Stop and eat. Well, I grabbed the table and I sat down, but before I could even look around, uh, Billy Bob, this enormous guy, walked on over and caught my eye. You want a drink, some river swill? Got some fresh from Daddy's stale. Goes easy, sweet and clean. Tastes like Amico gasoline. I didn't have time to say no thanks for Billy Bob came to close the ranks, tipped a giant earthen jug so he could fill my coffee mug. His toothless grin said, You better drink. Oh, well, it wasn't as bad as you might think. Got a real pungent taste. We brew it up from toxic waste. Then Billy Bob pulled up a chair. He's a hulking man with an icy stare. You know, my mama's quite a cook. He bellowed with a killer's look. Around these parts, it ain't polite. You don't eat up everybody. Make my happy, don't tempt fake. Chow down, buddy, clean your plate. I didn't order, they just brought me food. I wasn't gonna argue cause of Billy Bob's mood. I couldn't leave, so I sat real still and stuffed myself at the flattened fauna, bar and grill. One, two, three, four. Grab your chair and lock and load. Got our menu from the road. Set a spell and eat your fill at the flattened fauna, bar and grill. Yeah, I had possum, frog, and squirrel, and things that make your eyebrows curl. Turtle, skunk, and gator steak, weasel, fox, and rattlesnake. Billy Bob smiled and Billy Bob grinned when I finally got my second win. Then came raccoon, rabbit, rat, and mole, and mama with a great big bowl. Billy Bob looks and then he sighs. Mama's brung a real surprise. What are we here? Oh, you're just too kind. What gourmet treat did you just find? We call it stew, and that's because don't really know what it used to was. Could be otter, can't be sure. We just call it swamp de jure. 
I sat for hours and ate and ate. Billy Bob smiled as I cleaned my plate. Finally, I said I'd had my fill. His smile turned to a look to kill. He sprung to his feet and he walked away. I folded my hands and I began to pray. Then he returned with a bag and a knife. My mind had flashbacks of my whole life. Billy Bob smiled and nodded twice. How's about a bag of mice? Later on, if you want to reload, they're great for snacking when you're on the road. He took that knife and he slit the sack and he showed me his savory travel snack. Nothing like a fresh fried mouse in your dinner, buddy, on the house. Oh, I sighed a sigh and I grabbed the bag, though the thought of mice was enough to gag. Thanks, Billy Bob, you're a connoisseur. I called as I ran to the door. I got in my car and I said a prayer and I gunned the engine to get out of there. A truck pulled in as I drove out. Over my shoulder I heard the driver shout. Hey, Billy Bob, turn up the fire. Then he scraped a skunk from his left front tire. One, two, three, four. Grab your chair and lock and load. Got our menu from the road. Cook that carcass from the street. At the flat fauna. Drink and eat. Set a spell and eat your bill. At the flat fauna. Bar and Thanks for listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's The Inevitable Hour. You'll find our other podcasts on iTunes. Just look up Small Fish Radio Theater or on our website, smallfishradio.com. Check us out on Facebook. Click the thumbs up and tell us you like us. This podcast features the talents of Kat Dean, Michael Herzovi, Eric Hetman, Michael John Kelly, and Joy Thorbjornson Coates. Directing and sound designed by Trina Kakasin. Smallfish Radio Theater would like to thank Victory Gardens Theater and sound advisor Max Kakasin. Smallfish Radio Theater and Thespinarium is produced by Trina Kakasin and Michael John Kelly.